Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Hello, everyone. Courtney and I are back today with another episode for you. In today's episode, we are talking all about rebirth, how to reinvent yourself, signs that it's time to start reinventing yourself, and so much more. So we're really excited for this. But let's just dive into it. How are you today, Courtney? I'm good. I like your pink nails. Oh, yeah. I just got them done yesterday, actually. Oh, so pretty. Thank you. I'm on that. Is it giving Barbie? Because oh, it is giving Barbie. I got my well, you can see because I'm nails done recently. Classic color, but it's like a color that I feel like is your go to. It's like cerulean blue or something like that. I love it. Uh, yeah, because just so you guys know, next week there will not be an episode because I'm actually going away to go see my brother in law in Florida. So we will not be recording next week, but we will be back the week after. So don't miss us too much. But anyways, so let's just dive into today's episode. I think how we're going to start this off is we're going to be talking about the signs that it is time for you to reinvent yourself, signs that it's time for you to make changes and embrace a rebirth. By the way, rebirth, for anybody who's listening who maybe have never heard of that before, it's essentially just like welcoming in this new version of self, essentially, Mm -hmm, a new way of being. It's like getting in touch, I think, with many different aspects of yourself, but I would also consider even a rebirth of like, and this can mean so much to so many different people, but getting more in touch with like your life's purpose and your spirituality and how you want those things to incorporate into your everyday life so that you are living like a purposeful driven life instead of just like doing things out of like obligation, requirement, material driven like materialism type mindset like those things are not what's filling you up and that's could be part of what is causing you know signs yeah absolutely and I figured Courtney if you want to because Courtney currently is going through something very similar to this where she is like getting signs and noticing that it's time to make big changes in her life or whatever else so if you want to kind of share your experience thus far yeah I don't know what it is I feel like every time I work a job for like a year or so or close to a year, I'm just like, mm, I don't think I I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, and it's always like some highly like regulated corporate type ish, very policy tight nipped type of job. So like spoiler alert, not a spoiler. Everyone knows that I'm like a bedside nurse in the ICU. So the job itself is really tough, like physically, because you work like, I mean, there's obviously drawbacks, but also benefits to doing the job, right? Like I have four days off a week to myself. And that sounds great. But when two of your four days off are spent either preparing for the next three days coming up or recuperating from the three days you just worked, you really are back to the two days off a week. And when your opportunity to make more money is working weekends because they pay more to work weekends than you work every single weekend, just like I did when I was working as a server and when I was working at a pizza place. So I don't have my weekends again and 
everyone does everything on the weekends. Weddings are on the weekends. Birthday parties are on the weekends. And it's like, funny because I feel like you even caught yourself and called yourself out on your own kind of I saw on Facebook when you reshared a post that said that you can't wait to never work weekends anymore. Yeah, I was like, I can't wait to not work a Saturday because I used to work every Saturday at the pizza place from 11 in the morning to 11 at night, which is basically the same number of hours that I work now. I work like 6 to 6.15 till like 7.30 in the morning every Saturday into Sunday morning. Yeah. But basically like the physical toll of the job itself and then the fact that like these people are just so sick and then you add in like the nursing politics anyone who's a nurse understands the politics how long how much experience do you have how smart are you like people bad-mouthing other people people bad-mouthing other people to their faces and then there's like a whole like favoritism aspect that can happen and it's just like it becomes a whole thing that I just don't want to get involved in and I don't want to play around with. So I've just been like coming off of my work days like pretty exhausted, very emotionally and physically drained. And even though I'm getting really good feedback from families and patients, I just feel like it's not filling me up enough, I guess. Like I feel like I have more of a purpose, more of like a like a bigger, larger community impact I'm supposed to make than just like being a bedside nurse. So that's kind of where I'm at is just feeling like I'm close to living my purposeful, like spiritual life. And the universe is trying to send me little messages that like maybe I'm on the right road by like, like I said, through like patience and family, but I, I just don't feel like it's aligning right, if that makes sense. No, totally. And, you know, I feel like something that a lot of people can struggle with too, especially when it comes to career, right, is one, we can feel really bad about ourselves for constantly changing our minds. Or, you know, if we get into a career, right, and it's working really well, and then all of a sudden one day we're like, you know what, this doesn't align anymore. I find that so many of us can feel guilty for that. At least I definitely did in the past too, where I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, when I first started my whole blogging thing, even, I was doing really great. I was focusing on marketing content, this and that. And I was telling everybody, you know, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. Like, look at me, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually I get to a point where I was like, wait a minute, like this isn't actually filling me up. But then I kind of started feeling guilty or shameful because I worked so hard to get to where I was that all of a sudden now I don't want to do that anymore. And I want to do something different. It made me feel like I was starting back from square one and that everybody was going to judge me for like not making it anymore in the path that I chose, whatever else. And it's like, no, like we're allowed to change our minds and that is okay. Oh, that's a hundred percent like a real thing, like ob- obligation guilt. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't mean that, that you're you are a failure. Even say like you're, say like, okay, worst case scenario, like you're in a career and you're not thriving, right? Like your career's not going well and you feel like it doesn't align. I think it's, that's difficult, right? But some people might also argue that it's even more difficult if you're doing a career and you're, it's just happening really easy, but it's not aligning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially if that like career is tied to like financial gain. That's mm. Really hard. Yeah, because I was even thinking to myself right there when you were saying, you know, you really don't, you want to have your weekends back, but the financial part of the weekends is what kind of keeps you there. Yeah. Also, like Trevor likes working that. So, 
So you try to work like the same schedule, but does he like working it because of the money too? I don't know. I never asked him. Honestly, I will say like overall the weekend tends to be and knock on artificial wood, but the weekend tends to be a lot more of like a chill vibe if that makes oh, sense in the okay. hospital whereas like during the week literally, like everything is on fire right which is weird because i would have thought that the weekends would be like chaotic because everybody like is off usually and no, doing crazy it's things. like there's less physicians to come in and mess up everything uh, that, that makes sense someone else ordered so you have like multiple teams taking care of one person and like if they're not talking it can be like a very confusing mess right yeah and on the weekend, as long as everything is like generally clear, you're good to go. Yeah. Like whereas during the week, there's like a million people coming in and out and changing mm-hmm. stuff. And it just makes it harder. Plus, I think the group of coworkers that I have on the weekends Better. are a lot more willing to help. Mm. and that's like there's a lot more clickiness i noticed whenever i get thrown on like a random wednesday night yeah that's with, important like, young I, girls who work there that was like one thing that i definitely hated like when i was in the restaurant industry serving and whatnot like who you worked with during those shifts would make or break the shift in general and like mm-hmm. how it would be you need good people on otherwise if you're surrounded by people that are catty or just rude or mean or whatever else it's just sick oh gossipy complainers like all that toxic energy it ruins the whole work the whole work vibration also like i think there's a large guilt that at least i experienced too with the concept of going to college and having large amounts of student loans and then wanting to go back to school again told my husband this morning on our walk i was like i have like internal discourse about like there's so many different things that i want to do that i don't know if i'm just like stalling because I don't believe I can do them all or like what like what is my block and I need to like think on this more but I definitely want to go I've always wanted to go to graduate school for nursing so that's a big thing but I haven't done any like off time I haven't done any work to move towards that really like I've researched the schools and that was it like I have the five schools I want to go to but that was it and then that in and of itself is another expense because we're going to acquire more debt for me to do that and then I also we've talked about this I have passions about like working in sustainability or investing in real estate and so I have like all these things I want to do I was even in like Hobby Lobby yesterday and found myself looking at decor stuff and I was like oh well this would be nice with this but maybe not that texture or maybe not that color and I was like even that would be like like interior design yeah you know, I'd have to go to school for that or like mentor under somebody. So it would be, it would be a time commitment. And I'm like, can I do all these things or how do I, how do I like yeah. make a choice? And you know stick what? With it? I don't know. I bet so many people listening can totally understand exactly how you're feeling because I feel as if naturally as humans, we're multi-passionate beings, but I feel like society has taught us to just focus on one thing and put ourselves in these boxes so that when you do have all these passions come up, you start to feel like you can't do it because it's so pushed on us that it's impossible Mm -hmm. and I was actually thinking about this the environment that you grow up in has such a heavy impact on you and a lot of us I feel like have not really been around people who have been multi-passionate or who have done multiple jobs or have followed their passions right like we hear a lot like 
kids, I feel like it was more common for me and tell me if you experienced this to hear adults in your life when you're like, oh, I want to be a blah, blah, blah. Be like, good luck with that kid. Oh, then like, keep dreaming, honey. You can be whatever you want to be. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's always some bit of somebody to say something that puts the doubt in your mind. And mm-hmm. so for us, for example, right, we grew up, you know, our families were not rich. We don't come from rich families. We didn't see our families thrive financially. So what we did see them do most of the time was like, you know, go to a job that they did not like or, you know, didn't go to a job at all because of mm-hmm. X, Y, or Z. Collect uh, food stamps and social security. It's yep, yep, mm-hmm. exactly. And so when you're around that growing up consistently, you start to believe that that is what's possible, that all that's possible oh. for me mm-hmm is, you know, the bare minimum, the I'm going to struggle paycheck to paycheck, I'm going to struggle financially, it's really, really hard to make a living, it's really, really hard. That whole negative relationship with money. Yeah, and it's generational usually. So the other day, my mom was showing me pictures of her old house, because it's on the market. She literally lived in like an attic. Like it was so small. Grandparents lived on the bottom and she lived upstairs with her siblings and my grandfather. And, you know, they didn't like live in something luxurious. And her mother before that had, I believe, 15 siblings. And they all lived in like a really, really like small place. Like it wasn't a big place. The dad, I think, died when she was like younger and she had to help raise the family and whatnot. And she hates talking about her childhood. It really triggers her. So it's like generational until one person realizes that they can shift their mindset, their way of thinking, and can create a whole new identity for themselves and their family, essentially, right? I think too, there's also a lot of pressure though that comes, like a lot of anxiety and guilt and like feeling oh, right. like trying to not like understanding yourself mm-hmm. while you're trying to break it. Because Absolutely. I know like that's, I mean, that I'm speaking on my own personal experience, but it's been like very confusing, very lonely, very difficult journey because a lot of the time when you do that, the family you have around you doesn't support your journey because they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And they misinterpret your drive for Mm. change. They assume it's just all financial gain. And then at the same time, you feel a lot of stress to prove something, Mm -hmm. either to yourself or to your family or to society or all of it. And it becomes really daunting. And then you're not, again, you're not living with this rebirth happens where you're like, I'm not living with like my purpose in mind and my spirituality at like the core of why am I doing what I'm doing? That's extremely relatable. Totally. Absolutely. And we can put so much pressure on ourselves to make changes that if you put so much pressure on yourself, that's where the paralysis comes in. And you're like, I can't do any of it at all. Yeah, You basically have like, it's like, I call it like decision paralysis, but it's also, also like overstimulation paralysis it's also like a lack of self-confidence and drive Mm -hmm. and it all I think it's all messed up in some kind of big tangled ball absolutely so going back to you know the signs that it might be time to embrace a rebirth or you know reinvent yourself I think number one would be like Courtney was explaining a lack of fulfillment feeling a lack of fulfillment, feeling like you're waking up every day, just going through the motions, having no drive or motivation to want to do anything at all, because you're basically trying to recuperate, recharge, and figure out what it is your body wants, what it is your soul wants and needs, which is 
hard because that's confusing in itself. Um, Mm -hmm. And then another one I think would be look into how your mood is. Are you getting easily irritable? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is a big indication that you're out of alignment. The other thing is like being brutally honest with yourself. Like I told my husband today, I was like, if we had money and I could quit my job today, I would quit my job today. Yeah. Which yeah. is like a sign that the job is not fulfilling me or there's something not aligning. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the the quickest, fastest way. And like, you just have to go with what your brain immediately tells you. Like, yeah. and I know you felt the same way. Like when you were serving, Absolutely. if someone said to you, if you could quit your job right now, would you? I, and you were yeah. like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now I think about what I do now. And this is how I know that I, I feel like I've I'm in more of alignment if because I was actually reflecting on this a while back. I said to myself, you know, it would be so nice to win the lottery. And why? Not because I don't want to have to do what I do, but because I don't have to, I wouldn't have to stress the money coming in and I could still do what I like to do. So like, I would Mm -hmm. still do my marketing. I would like with my marketing clients, I would still astrology and all of the things that I do now, if I had the money, because it gives me that fulfillment. It makes me feel like I have some sort of purpose in mind, I guess. But I also think that can also be a slippery slope too, because we don't want to get so caught up on like, what's my purpose? Sometimes, you know, just living and being who we are is purpose in itself. Mm -hmm. And we can put so much pressure on ourselves to find an ultimate purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's hard. Like, I think sometimes too, like, we confuse purpose with like having to be some type of like grand gesture type of thing. For me, when I say like align with my purpose, it's like to me, my purpose is to like probably like bring people together and make them feel good, make them feel mm-hmm. better. If something is broken, try to help fix it. That would be my very like basic purpose of Mm -hmm. what I could do every day and it almost sounds like I should like run a church (laughs) (laughs) um but like that's basically like what my my very bottom line very I don't know like raw type of purposes and so I think like getting in touch with that Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like a grand gesture or like something profound it doesn't have to be like I'm gonna find the internet 2.0 and like (laughs) I'm gonna cure cancer like it doesn't have to be that big it can be something relatively like I said like raw and organic Mm -hmm. and then how can you align like what you do every day with making that impact that you have in mind And that's where like the next step of this whole transformation and rebirth comes in where it's like, all right, you really have to take accountability for Mm -hmm. how you may be holding yourself back, how you may be self-sabotaging. Yep. I just talked to my macro coach yesterday and it's basically like holistic therapy for me. It's like macro coaching with holistic therapy mixed together. And we were having a conversation and she's like, well, your eating is really well, but it seems like your movement is low. What do you think is holding you back? And I was like, me, just straight up me, like a straight up lack of motivation, like not being inspired. Like I don't even have an excuse. The excuse is that I don't have one. (laughs) That's the truth. And And it's like, you have to ask yourself sometimes if you're, if you're what's getting in your own way. Yeah. And honestly, most of the time, like it's 100% us. 
because we have built this belief system in our minds that can contribute to us holding ourselves back. We Every time we record, every time we record, two, two, two. You see it every time. That's a sign. Maybe that's a sign that this podcast, just sharing your voice with people, is in alignment. I wouldn't even doubt it. There's actually a new, it's probably a money scheme, but you know who Jay Shetty is? I don't. He's like a guru who talks about like mental health and lots of stuff. I'll send you some of his stuff when we're done. You would really enjoy his talks. But he's talking about like teaching people basically how to like do what he does for a living through like a coaching course. And I'm just like, it seems a little bit like a cash grab, but also like I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, hey, at the end of the day, I find knowledge is power, right? So if you can learn about something, then I I feel like it's worth the money to like learn. Of course, use your intuition. Is it outrageously priced? But at the end of the day, I I feel like, you know, you can never know too much. (laughs) Well, I'm just like sketched out because recently... Matthew McConaughey and who's the other big guy? Tony Robbins. They did like some big, was supposed to be some type of like revelationary like type conversation like talk that you had to like subscribe and pay to go to. Or I think it was free, but I think like you got, they literally bombarded you because I signed up for the free version because it was kind of enticing. I'm like, ooh, what are they talking about? Like, what little nuggets of knowledge can I take from this? And they kept bombarding you up until the actual thing started to, like, pay money to join, like, their VIP or their ultra VIP or whatever package they had. And then, like, the whole thing felt very icky because it was, like, once you got in there, they were, like, talking in, like, MLM circles, which if you've ever been to any MLM stuff, they just talk in, like, these feel-goody circles. And then at the end, they're, like, that's only going to cost you one ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine, And that's exactly what they did. And it was like, I don't want to sign up for another thing that turns out to be like, yeah, just like sales. It turns out to be like a, like a, like some type of scam thing. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing too, right? I've realized that I definitely hold myself back a lot as well when it comes to like wanting to grow and like be seen by people. And this actually has a lot to do to I'm a Virgo rising. So Leo is in my 12th house. 12th house is the hidden, the unseen. So if you have planets in your 12th house or like signs in your whatever signs in your 12th house, the expression of that sign is more so hidden. And Leo is the sign of recognition, being seen, having your creativity out there. A lot of famous people are Leo risings or they have Leo MCs. So having Leo in my 12th house makes me literally afraid of public recognition, which I am. I'm truly like afraid of it. And I find a lot of these people who blow up and get on like Tony Robinson's like level of fame. It just like I just see people change who they are so much because of the public. And I always have those fears and I never want to be that person. And I think I self-sabotage myself a lot. So that's me calling myself out right there. (laughs) Because I have this like fear of being seen, fear of public recognition. Mm, Thing that can help you along your journey of like reflection and searching for answers is, I mean, if people are open to it, you can obviously you can turn to conventional religion if you find that that helps for you. But I was going to suggest, you know, if you're open to it, even if you normally practice conventional religion, it would be like learning about, you know, contact someone who specializes. We've had quite a few people on our podcast who were really great people who talk about your human design 
and talk more in depth about like, you know, have Lauren do, what was it? A natal chart reading is what you did mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because those things are like very eye-opening to things that I think we all know exist inside of us, but we're just not actively listening to, or we've done a really good job of busying our life so much that we don't have time to devote to exploring those things. Mm. And I think that's why those tools are so powerful, right? Because everything that my natal chart tells me, I already knew about myself, but it was almost like validating what I already knew. So that I could really see it written there in plain sight, like human design as well. All of these things, it's like, you know this about yourself, but why aren't you listening to it? Why are you ignoring it? And then once it's written Mm -hmm. out to you, you're like, okay, this really, you know, validates how I feel. And this makes so much sense. Now I'm going to take the action because I know, because it's written out here in front of me. And I know what I have to do. And I know that my intuition's right. And this is what I'm meant to do. And yeah, it's funny how we really do struggle so much with trusting our intuition that we need other people to validate it for us. Mm -hmm. There's almost like such a high level of people who require such a high level of external validation that they're like furiously mad at other people who don't validate how they are. And you're just like, I don't expect you to validate me constantly. It's almost like Mm, what is it Gen Zers where they're like if you don't tell them they did a good job at their job they're like I'm gonna quit because you don't think I did it you're like I'm just not gonna stand here and hold your hand while you're like living your adult life until you did a great job the whole time like sometimes the reward is just you knowing you did a good job yeah no and and you know I think again is that we society really pushes this external validation piece and even like growing up right where it's like it starts with the I say this every time it starts with your parents giving you recognition and validation then it's school and grades and your peers and the people around you it's like we always are seeking external validation and we were never really taught how to not need it how to not need that external validation in order to feel worthy in order to feel like you're doing a good job in order to believe that you're successful It's literally just like recent, I feel like since COVID that people have like really come around to the idea of affirmations. And even like I do affirmations when I do yoga, but they're like pre-scripted in my yoga. And I find those to be helpful, but I don't even, I'm going to be honest, I'm like preaching from the choir because, or pot meat kettle, because like I don't come up with my own affirmations and I don't do them like looking in the mirror or anything like that. So there's like a lot of work to be done even there, you know, so I'm not telling everybody like, like you need to go do these things to be better versions of yourself. I'm telling myself to everybody at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that I really feel passionately about is, you know, I feel like self-help, self-development, that kind of concept. Personal growth. Yeah, personal growth. I feel like there is a fine line between like good and toxic. And what I mean by that is like, If we're always so fixated on being better versions of ourselves, we start to believe that how we are right now isn't good enough. Literally preach. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's just like such a problem for me. And that's why I try so hard not to use that terminology anymore because I feel like it can be damaging to say, oh, like I'm going to teach you how to be the best version of yourself or how to be a better version of yourself or whatever. It's like learn to love who you are right now as you continue to to work towards whatever your goals are. Yeah, like love love the person along the journey 
not just once the accomplishment is hit. Yeah. Because like one, the accomplishment is going to come and go and you're going to feel like, wow, all this was for that. And then it's over in a very quick blip. And it's like, I totally agree with you. I was literally saying the exact same thing. Actually, no. Trev was saying the exact same thing. But in terms of like having how we don't practice, like him and I don't practice enough gratitude daily about our opportunities and where we are and how like where we are in our life, like standard of living, ability of free time, like all of that stuff. We worked so hard to get to where we are, but now that we're here, we're so discontented and want more. And it's like we used to fantasize about this. Yeah, and we're not happy. Yeah, we're, it's like every time we get to the next step, we're like not happy. We're not filled. And it's like, it's it's internal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just us being humans. Again, looking outside of ourselves for happiness, right? We think that once we get a bigger house, we'll be happier. Once we get a better job, we'll be happier. Once we get married, we'll be happier, whatever it may be. And then Finally, you get that and you're realizing that, wow, these external things don't actually matter because I'm still not going to be happy unless I wake up and choose to be happy. And I feel like happiness, sometimes it is a choice. You have to wake up and choose to be happy and gratitude helps with that because being grateful for what you have, it brings that happiness and joy into your life and realizing it that ties like, it all it's together. Don't, it don't matter. It's also like, I think if you're coming to that like spiritual, purposeful rebirth, reinvention, and you like, now you can see like, okay, like this is my end goal. These are the things that I need to do to like get there. But it seems really daunting. It's like being able to practice gratitude for where you're at now while you're making those small incremental shifts Mm -hmm. to get to, you know, your ultimate vision, it's going to allow you to be present in that journey that you're in now. So you can appreciate the journey instead of feeling like resentment. And like you were saying, like having outbursts of anger or snapping or overly emotional or, and I speak from experience (laughs) because I've done like all of these things. And I know for a fact that like when I'm in my own personal like gratitude alignment like even the way that I was talking about my job like I'm not in gratitude alignment with like being where I'm at and having the impact that I do and so it makes me dislike it Mm -hmm. and practicing like your gratitude while you're working on something else that's going to change a lot of your perspective on like the daily things that you have to do before you get to that ideal absolutely I also think like maybe there's not an ideal no, I mean, we that's just another ourselves thing. into being discontented, like you said. Yeah, but in, and also I think what is really important is maybe focusing more so on the emotions and the feeling rather than the external goals. Like, how do you, what is your goal for how you want to feel emotionally, right? You want to mm-hmm. feel happy. You want to feel lit up. You want to feel inspired. You want to feel motivated and you want to feel fulfillment, secure. Yep. So instead of focusing on the money, you want to focus on feelings of security, right? Because that's the feeling that money brings you. And then like trust that the universe will provide. Yeah. Because so many times when we're setting goals, I feel like we're always setting goals that are more based in external materialism. Um, You know, we, we have a goal of wanting more money, but 
in reality, it's not the money that you want. It's the meaning that the money gives you and the feeling that the money gives you. And that feeling mm-hmm. is freedom, security. Mm-hmm. So instead, you want to start <laughs> focusing on what the feeling of your goal is and then create that in your everyday life. And then you'll start to see that you're attracting more of it to you. And I actually did this in my own life as well, because a huge thing for me is I need freedom. I want freedom. I like freedom. So I had to ask myself, is my current reality bringing me freedom? And at the time it was not because I was a server and I felt like I was basically tied down to that job. I was working all the time. I had no freedom, really. Uh, I had some freedom at times, but- And your shifts like get- changed around all the time and like you said the weekend shifts because that's where the money was that's when it was most so you're busy every weekend plus like you don't have time to pee you don't have time to eat you don't have time to drink like yeah none of your base basic self-care things are getting done exactly and so that was one sign to me like okay I want to feel freedom while also feeling secure. And this job is not doing that for me anymore. So instead, what can I do that will bring me that? And to be honest, back when I started making these changes and shifts, I didn't see the full picture of what my career is now. I didn't see how much freedom it would bring me until I was actually living it out. And I feel a lot more content with that because I am able to see my friends when I want. I am able to go, you know, travel when I want. I'm going on vacation mm, this week. Oh, let me check with my boss. Oh, excuse me, Lauren. Can I go on vacation? <laughs> yes, Lauren, you can go on vacation whenever you want. And you're like, cool. Okay, bye. Yeah. I'm leaving tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just, it's just like, I think a huge part of reinventing yourself is focusing on what you want to feel, how you want to feel in this new version of self, and then asking yourself, are my daily habits, you know, contributing with your future feeling? self? Yeah. Are they aligning with my future self? Are they aligning with the feelings that I want to feel? Because even if you, you know, for example, it could be something as simple as I want to be surrounded by people who uplift me. Okay. Ask yourself, are you surrounded currently by people who uplift you? And if you're not, then there you go. The easiest little change is realizing that you're not surrounding yourself with people who uplift you. So maybe it's time to reassess your friend group, reassess the people you allow that you allow to have access to you. Yes, setting boundaries, things like that. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can reflect on this and really ask yourself, am I in alignment with the feelings that I want to feel and what I the the version of myself that I want to step into yeah you said so many good things I literally have nothing to add like (laughs) other than like it's gonna be the similar point to what we made to the last episode which is like all these things start with like radical accountability Yeah. And that's what everybody gets stuck on is the accountability part, because I think it's so much easier for us to be a victim of our circumstances instead of taking accountability. But at the same time, you're going to get nowhere if you continue to allow yourself to be the victim of your circumstances. I also noticed, though, that like when I think on it, I feel like I, my, uh, Trev and I were talking about this, about the concept that we create this like guilt in our own head about how we're not doing the things that we know would lead to the changes that we ultimately want. And so it's almost like, again, guilt paralysis of like, well, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing anyway, and I haven't been. So let's just continue to ignore it and be discontented and not do it even more. And it's like this 
terrible, toxic, dysfunctional, avoidant behavior loop, like Mm -hmm. negative feedback loop that just spirals. And then before you know it, like you wake up and you're just like a circumstance of like whatever you allowed to happen into your life instead of willfully willing into your, like your soul into your life, if that makes sense. Like you're just a bystander to whatever your life has turned into instead of you owning the journey of your own life. And I think that's why you see so many older people so discontented. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think also what people try to do is they try to make big life changes overnight or they try to make tons of changes overnight, which Mm -hmm. contributes to basically self-sabotage because your body does not like that. Your body's like, holy shit, what is happening? This is not familiar to me. I'm going to basically put myself on freeze mode and we're not going to do anything because you're stressing me out. With all these changes. Like 100% right. There's actually an aspect of nursing and my macro coach uses it and I know that she gets it from nursing. So it like gives me the irk because I know where it comes from, but she's right. And it's like part of the, part of our thing is like, well, we have like a main end goal of like, when we're done, what do we want to get out of this experience with her? But each week we do a check-in and each week we have like one to three goals or however many you want that help you tackle whatever your biggest obstacle was that week and they have to be like measurable so for instance being really personable but mine was to like get in one walk a day outside and and that in of itself and like she but she wanted more she wanted what day of the week was I going to do it what time was I going to do it? Should I lay my clothes out the night before? Should I prep my water bottle the night before? When am I going to set, like, am I going to set a clock or is that too, is that actually too stressful? So then I won't sleep. She wanted to know a lot of aspects of how I was going to implement making that goal a success. And so I think that can be a pressure thing for some people, but I think you have to just tweak it so it makes sense for you. Like if doing certain things set you up so that you know you're going to do those hard tasks and do whatever works for you. You just have to be like, okay, what do I need to do? And I think that's, again, what we talked about where therapy comes in, like mm-hmm. having that professional help you work on those things. Absolutely. And again, just really recognizing that we're all so different and what works for one person is not going to work for someone else. Like for somebody waking up super early, going for a walk is going to be great for them. For somebody Um, else, it's, you know, a walk after dinner. Yes. Mm -hmm. The other thing that my macro coach brought up, which was like so enlightening, I need to actually get her on our show, was she talked about was we were, she's giving me tools and stuff. And they're literally things, Lauren, that I used to do that I just don't care to do anymore they feel really like icky and obligatory and I told her I'm like I feel like it's because I did it for so long that I'm like sick of doing that Mm. like have you also considered that like you could be working on the same end goal but in a different way like you can adapt it in some type of new way that works for your current version of yourself and I was like holy shit my mind just got blown because I didn't even think like I could be working towards the same goal in a completely different way and it aligns with how I am now and you can be different too not just like you're different from another person but you can be different from who you were a year ago six months ago and so what worked for you six months ago isn't working for you anymore literally and you know this is so freaking on point 
for you because Courtney, my Courtney has, yeah, Courtney has a transit happening right now, which has been pretty stressful for her. I think. Why are all my transits stressful? When am I getting a good? Because you're here to do big things, girl. Oh my god! But when is happening? I know she has Uranus right now in her sixth house of routines, health, daily work life, mm-hmm. square Mercury, mm-hmm. which means just like square her needle mercury I should say which means basically you're having so many changes and shifts in your day-to-day life in your daily routines in your work life the things that were working for you before are no longer working for you and you're just like in this state of what the hell is going on and how do I make this work and so that advice that she gave is perfect because Uranus comes in to pretty much reinvent reinvent the wheel essentially and so you're really figuring out how to make changes that excite you in your day-to-day life in your work routines in your work environment in your communication all of these things are changing for you and you're basically figuring out new ways of being especially when it comes to your health wellness routine and work life so yeah that makes so much sense the the way that things were working this is why I'm talking about though like it's important I think if people are open to it to getting in touch with like their zodiac signs and their transits and their human design because honestly I didn't understand like because this is I mean you know me this is very abnormal type of stuff for me I'm like it's so abnormal for a routine girl and I love it and I thrive on it Mm -hmm. and like I'm I'm either like full of energy or dead asleep and I've just been like dead asleep (laughs) for, for a while now and it's like so abnormal and you know that so like you were like, well, let me just check your transits. And then you basically connected a lot of the dots of like why I was struggling in these ways that I didn't understand. Yeah. And and it's it's more so like what I love about astrology is that it's just a reflection of your energy. And when you realize that, you can then learn how to work with it rather than against it. And so yeah, for you, working with it looks like making changes that excite you. So I think now it's all about reflecting on what does excite you. Mm-hmm. What does make you want to get out of bed? What does make you excited to go on that walk and then start implementing that? But like I also said, you got to do it in small increments. You can't do it all at once. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. Right. I think the other important thing that I wanted to touch base on was like, how do you think we can tell listeners our best way or our experiences with noticing a difference between needing to go through a rebirth and needing to just give ourselves some rest? Mm. Because that's, that's a good question. Possible. You know, this is something I struggled with before because I was where you are now at one point when I was making the transition from my marketing content to like astrology and tarot and self-development and personal growth and things like that and feeling really stuck and stumped on how to like kind of make it all work and being tired and burnt out and drained and I was very unfulfilled with marketing content and stuff during that time so What I think I've realized is that it's okay to give myself that pause and to really just be in that state of relaxation and not trying so hard to make things work when they're not. But then also being honest with myself of, okay, but how long have I been in this state? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like at some point, like self-checking, it's too long. You know, it's like, I think journaling is really good. Like that journal. I mean, I've talked about it before, but the journal that you like pulled off the shelf and handed me when we were in Salem, mm -hmm. 
um, which I would love to go back to Salem and not get COVID this time. I know, seriously. Um, I'm always down for um, a Salem trip. I know, I know. Um, so I'm just like, journaling can help so much because like the act of like, you know, having a journal where the one I have doesn't necessarily have this, but where it like has you track like your daily mood and then like maybe like reflect on why am I feeling that way today? Like, why do I feel more irritable today than I did like a couple of days ago? Like what has changed? I think those things can be really eye-opening, especially if you're not fully comfortable with like full accountability yet it's a good way to like basically I think put your toes in the water without fully rushing into like being radical responsibility like acceptance Mm -hmm. that makes sense I don't know if I said those those words in the right order (laughs) yeah no I totally understand what you mean like because we're not always ready to just the other thing is like when you are honest and accountable you don't have to be cruel to yourself about it oh yeah exactly it's like the the difference between like being account like making myself accountable but being mean to myself while I do it that's mm-hmm. really tough yeah no it's gentle accountability yeah like oh otherwise you're gonna give yourself paralysis mm-hmm. like I said I suck at this I haven't been doing it so yeah. I'm just not gonna do it <laughs> yeah and that's just not healthy at all it's more so like okay I'm recognizing that this habit that I'm doing every day is not contributing to my overall goals that I have in mind for like stepping into the, you know, this new level of self. So I need to just hold myself accountable and also recognize that it's, that's hard. It's not easy and that it's okay. It's going to be a process, but I'm going to, you know, appreciate this time of my life where I'm figuring it out. Right. Because I think that's what it is. It's like, you're in this state of figuring it out figuring out what you want, figuring out what your body needs, figuring out how to trust yourself more and figuring out how to let go of old ways of being old mindsets that you hold on to. And a lot of it, yeah, that too. And a lot of it is just, you know, our mindsets and really having to check in with our mind and with our belief system and with the thoughts that we tell ourselves. And that's just, it's hard, but yeah, being compassionate with yourself along the way as you make these transitions so important but yeah so I don't know if we want how we want to end this you have any other thoughts of like what you wanted to share no I think like we gave a lot of good I guess I guess what I'll do is I'll just like sum up some of the give like a summation of some of the tips I shared because they're kind of scattered. So like if someone, you know, kind of listens to this and they're like, well, I'm trying to write down everything that we said. I would say getting a good journal that has like a mood tracker. That's like one of the most basic things that you can do. Lauren and I are not professional therapists, despite all of our wisdom (laughs) and personal experiences. So Therapy, obviously, is a great thing, whether it's talk therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, seeing a Reiki healer, like whatever that therapy looks like for you, um, I would do do and go explore that and see, see how the people in your life are supporting you and if they're supporting that journey and kind of try to get more 
don't want to say radical, but intentional with the people that you allow into your journeys so that you feel protected and supported along those. And that would be like my basic summation of things that you can start doing now that don't feel really heavy or icky or stressful that can start your journey towards a rebirth. Yeah, absolutely. And to add on that, just, you know, when you're going to do something, when you go to take an action, ask yourself, is this action in alignment with the version of self that I'm trying to step into? And if it's not, ask yourself, okay, but is this necessary right now? Because sometimes rest is necessary, but other times it's not entirely necessary, but we're choosing to do it out of comfort, right? Or like we're choosing to continue habits out of comfort. So again, sometimes you have to get uncomfortable in order to make changes and shifts. So just doing that self-check-in, like Courtney said, so important and really asking yourself, like, is this habit in alignment with how I want to feel and who I want to be? And then start small. Set realistic expectations for yourself. Lauren mentioned that because doing everything all at once is not going to work. So, you know, doing one new thing each week or even trying one new thing you need to implement and doing that for a month or two until it becomes a habit and then add and kind of go from there. And then the last thing I think I would say is to kind of go off of who are you surrounding yourself with? I would ask yourself, you know, is there a way I can surround myself with people who are, you know, living out what I want to do? or who I want to be because I feel like that can also help because then it's it's like you're seeing that it's possible for other people which means it is possible for you but if you're continuously surrounding yourself with people who aren't you know doing what you want to do or being who you want to be or whatever you start to think that it's not possible for you so I, I was listening to this podcaster one time and she was talking about how she started to surround herself with people who you know were really big into budgeting and into investing and all of these things and it actually helped her motivate herself more to want to invest in budget and like focus differently on financial situations because she was surrounded by people who were doing things differently which gave her the push or the motivation to do the same very interesting how we work as humans yeah we're too complex I can't take it we really are it's like uh but yeah so and above all else be compassionate to yourself in the process. Mm, Yeah. Love, love yourself. But I hope you found this episode uh, helpful and we will see you guys not next week, but the week after. So I hope you will still come back and listen and we cannot wait to talk again until next time. Mm -hmm.